Welcome to the meeting room, where we get into a room and we meet. My name's Diana. I'm Sean. Let's get into it. It's about drive, it's about power. We stay hungry, we devour. Put in the work, put in the hours, and take what's ours. Like in some more in my veins, my culture banging with Yo, yo, what's good, y'all? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode, what is this? Episode 14? Episode 14. Oh, no, quattro. What? <laughs> yeah, you definitely didn't take Spanish as. Uh... Oh, no, 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 no. That's uh. Oh, you heard that No, no. Can you say it's 15? Catorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, don't play with me. Okay. I, I was being creative. Oh, I was okay. being, you know, flexing okay. my Spanish skills. Well, you were better than me because I wasn't even going to try mm-hmm. to say it in Spanish. But. Once, doce. Okay, this is not. You don't need to flex. I forget 13. Um, trece? Oh, maybe. I don't think it's Trece. That doesn't sound right. No, it actually does sound right. Let me look it up. Okay. How are you? What's going on with you? <laughs> What's up with your life? Um, My life is like, I don't know, going okay, going well. Uh, new week, new problems, new blessings. I mean, I don't know. I just take it every day at a time. One step at a time, as Jordan Sparks told us. Once. Once. Oh, you're right, Tracy. Stop playing with me, boy. Okay, anywho, how are you now that you figured out that you know Spanish? My life be like, ooh, uh, <laughs> no, my, things are good. Things are good. Things are busy. Things are busy. There's actually miss, been a lot that's happened since the last episode. In I missed the summer when, like, it was chill. Well, did you ever have a chill summer? Not since law school, dog. You were having chill summers <laughs> in law school? I said, well. Since. Since, since yeah. college, really, since that that two else that twenty sixteen summer boy, what the hell was I doing? <sighs> oh, that's when um Drake's album came out. Was it Views? Nah, it might have been Views. Drake had a, an album came out. I feel like in twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. Future was on top of the world. I was in and out of these clubs in DC. Life was great. It was great. Life was fantastic. No care in the world when I should have been caring. Should have been that, yeah. I feel like a lot of people's problems <laughs> started after 2016, summer 16. They started after 2016. Oh my god, that's when you're like, okay, yeah, for some reason, maybe we talk about it. Our generation, I'm saying our mm-hmm. generation, 30 plus year olds talk about 20 summer 2016, like, man, what a time! And I'm sure there's like that same thing for the generation before us. There's oh, like yeah, a the, time, the when, generation before us, I feel like they talk about. They talk about 96 like it was a movie. Wait, that's a, that's probably two generations older than us. Not really. You think? Okay, so the... Okay. Because we were born in 96, but we weren't old enough to be really move around. Yeah. So someone who was old enough to move around in 26, they would be 40-ish, 50-ish. Like, for someone that's, let's say, 10 years or 10 to 15 years older than us, they would be a teenager. It would be well, a that would adult. be actually 20 years. Think about when we, in 2016, how old we were. For somebody to be talking about 1996, uh, that's tw- about 20 years older than us. Okay, so 06. Yeah, 06, yeah. Oh my gosh, little Wayne was hot. Oh my Jesus. Like, Man, I, got I just watched this episode in the pivot. It was pretty good. Oh, I need to catch up on that. Yeah. Well, 
before we get into this, I'm curious, what are you drinking? What's your beverage of choice today? What is my beverage of choice today? It is from your kitchen, Kirkland Canadian Whiskey, Oak Cask Age. Okay. Six years. 40% uh, Okay, you don't have to Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. But um, I actually have that Kirkland whiskey bottle For I feel like For my guy friends That come over You Anybody else that, I don't want to name them and, and they didn't give me consent To name them mm, But <laughs> shout like, out to your guy friend Yeah I, You were here last time When you and our other friend were When you got, when we were recording One of those episodes Steve? Yeah, but I didn't want to say his name But anyway Steve, uh, Steve Cool He ain't what's up <laughs> We need to talk, yeah, talk to Steve in a minute. I know, yeah, but the Kirkland, yeah, I think y'all were drinking that. There was also another, um, there was a Tennessee whiskey that was here. Tennessee whiskey. I just feel like I have brown liquor for my guy friends. Clear, really? Okay, clear liquor for my girlfriend. I still have that Terramana liquor. That's Dwayne Johnson's liquor, mm-hmm. um, the tequila, mm-hmm. but yeah, okay. So you're drinking some whiskey, no mixer, no, ch- no chaser, nothing? No mixer, no chaser, no nothing. Okay. I'm waiting for you to ask me what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Looks like water. Wow. So glad that you asked. Well, I am continuing my sober summer and I am on like week six of this, which is actually wild, but um, I am drinking some club soda with a little bit of lime flavor. I'm proud of you. Really refreshing. No alcohol. How do you feel? You feel refreshed, clear. Um, actually, I definitely don't feel clear. I still feel confused, but I think that's maybe my natural state. Um, I... Mm, mm, that's oh, deep. yeah, that's real deep, that's huh? Deep. Um, <laughs> I just realized that maybe I'm surrounded by alcohol in a... Not in a negative way. It's never affected my life mm-hmm. for the worse. But I definitely think that it's one of those things where I need to be mindful if I actually... Am I drinking because I want to drink? Or am I drinking because everyone's drinking around me and I feel like I have to drink? Have to drink, right. Yeah, peer pressure. I mean, nobody's ever like, oh, actually, I take that back. Kenyan culture is is very heavy on the drinking. Mm -hmm. And I feel as if Kenyans don't, and I can say this as a Kenyan, Kenyans don't understand alcohol boundaries very well. Mm, I don't want to drink. Stop asking me to drink. Stop saying, why are you not drinking? There's no respect sometimes for people who don't want to participate. And I think it's almost a cultural thing where everyone is drinking around you. And so you just have to do it. You just have to do it. You can't even like have a sparkling water with lime. I mean, I, anytime somebody's like, I'm going to buy you a, like I tell somebody I'm not drinking, I'm going to buy you a shot. It's like, okay, go ahead and buy it. I'm not going to take it. Now you've wasted your 18 bucks. Mm, I told you so. not to do it. So respect my boundaries. Respect your boundaries. Now, I know that's real. I'm saying it's a sober summer because I'm just trying to see how long I can go without having a sip. I'm not, I'm never, it's not going to be a lifestyle choice for the rest of my life. Mm. I just want to be intentional about it and really do it because I want to do it. I want to have a drink because I want to have a drink. And that's in the real. six weeks... Since that's I came it. back from Europe, I was drinking wine every day. Hey. Um, I just haven't had a drink. I want to call an audible. What is an audible? You have to explain it to the listeners. Do you know what audible I is? I know what an audible okay. is. Okay. An audible for the listeners is a who don't watch term. American football is when you run a play that was not necessarily planned or discussed in the huddle. As a matter of fact, but you do plan for Audible, so I don't know. But basically, it's just a different play then because you read the defense. And I'm curious. 
what is one of your best uh, or funniest alcohol moments? Moments were too much, too little. Just alcohol was a factor. It part, it played a part in the story. Okay, I think sometimes alcohol can lead to really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never gratefully made a bad decision where I was like, "This is the reason why I will never drink." I'm grateful for that. Maybe I, I don't think it's because I'm a good person who knows how to manage my alcohol. Everybody gets drunk once in a while, especially if you drink. You're bound to. If you put alcohol in your system, you're bound to be drunk at some point. I don't think I've ever been drunk. You probably have, and you just don't know it. Or you don't think you are. You think you're tipsy. I mean, so many people drink two, three, four beers, and they're like, I'm tipsy. But you're probably over the legal limit already. And you're probably not as functional as you think you are. Caitlin's wedding. Yeah, when people say I'm lit, that's not tipsy. That's You're, you're a little you're more inebriated. drunk. Well, you know it only takes like two beers per person to get you legally mm. drunk. Legally drunk where you shouldn't be behind the wheel of a vehicle. But see, that's a that's a horrible barometer because I'm I don't. What if you don't like beer? Like I mean, to go back to your question, there is a moment where I I thought I can't do this again, <laughs> uh, but it was honestly just poor decision making and poor timing. Mm. So this was in law school. I law school. had yeah. What's it? I can't remember. Maybe first or second. Oh, it was a good story. But I have. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember. I I just know it was definitely before my third year. Okay. I was I decided I was gonna go back to Dallas, and I had booked a six a.m. flight, mm. and it was kind of like a last minute thing. I think there was like a cheap flight, and mm-hmm. and I, I just grabbed it. You know, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go that weekend. Right. But I had made plans with my girlfriends or a girlfriend to go out the Friday before my 6 a.m. Saturday flight. And what? I don't Why? Because I think we had planned it or something. Okay. And I, maybe somebody's birthday. I, all I recall is that I was out. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, I need to go home. I need to go home. I need to go home. I had already packed. I was like, I need to go home and sleep. I need to go home and sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone invited us into their VIP section. So, of course, we went in. Who's the someone? Someone, I don't know. Somebody I met was just like, you ladies want to come and, you know, chill in our VIP. And I was like, okay, free drinks, great. Um, And also, to be fair, if somebody offers you a gift, it's actually rude to decline it. Mm, Like VIP. Yeah, that was a nice gift. So I, of course, I accepted. That that is a nice gift. So long story short, all I remember is calling an Uber around three o'clock to go home. I thought I was okay. I thought, let me sleep for two hours. DCA is across the bridge. I'll be fine. You good? I'm packed up. I'm ready. I'm gonna grab my stuff and go. Mm-hmm. Well, when I wake up after the two hours, my sister was like, "I'll drop you off," and I'm feeling a little like still tipsy, and I'm thinking, "No, I'll be fine." But nothing's changing. I still feel like the way I felt Blame when I left on the alcohol. <laughs> so then we, she drops me off. Mm-hmm. At the Southwest Terminal, because I think I told her my flight was Southwest. Uh, spoiler alert: my flight was not on Southwest. <gasps> it was at like American Airlines. Oh, oh no. it was. Do you remember when Virgin Airlines before they merged with Alaska? Mm-hmm. That's how far back this was. Oh wow! So at Thank least you. a good five, six years, six, seven years, maybe. Definitely five. Um. So I go. No, it must have been like seven years ago, because I feel like Alaska and Virgin Airlines merged pretty early, like mid 2010. You catch more flights than I do, so I really don't know. 
So anyways, um, and they used to have some really good cheap flights from DC to Dallas. That's probably why I snatched it up. It was mm -hmm. a middle seat too. Anyways, uh, I, so I go through the Southwest security TSA check. I, like they look at my boarding pass. They didn't pass. say nothing to you? No one says anything to oh, me. Oh, wow. And then when I cross through security, I'm feeling like I'm gonna, I'm gonna vomit. Mm -hmm. I go to the bathroom. My sister calls me and she's like, hey, I think we accidentally like switched keys and you have the key that has the, uh, you key have five. the key that has, yeah, like the five and stuff to get back in the house. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well just come back and I'll bring it outside. I, I know what I'm doing when I do this, but I step outside, I, I go back through security and I ask the TSA, one of the TSA people, do I need to come back through security if I go drop this key off? And mm -hmm. she's like, yes. Yeah, duh. And I said, do I have to? And she was like, yes. yes. And I was like, oh man. And then I went and <laughs> took it. I mean, clearly it was a little tipsy, but I remember, I remember all of this. Go switch the keys with my sister. She hadn't left. She was like in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Wasn't a lot of security actually. Mm. I come back through TSA. Go through it again. Nobody says anything to me. Wow, because they didn't care. So then, I'm, the Southwest Terminal of DCA Reagan is like very small. Very I'm small. like, where is my flight? I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like, I should be boarding now. Oh my goodness. Tell me why. I just don't know what clicked. And I looked back on my boarding pass and I said, I'm not flying Southwest. I'm flying Virgin Airlines. It's on the opposite side. I have to basically get out of security and go through it again. Yeah, it. And I was like, I got to run. Mm. Drunk. Well, tipsy at this point, but guess what? Halfway through the running, I had to stop and go to the bathroom and vomit. And make, did you make your flight? So I get, oh my God, this is so bad. I get, actually, you know what? The truth will set me free. Set it, yeah, tell it. Set so it. I make it barely to my flight. I'm huffing and puffing. I'm like, mm. I can't believe I was sitting in the Southwest Terminal for an hour waiting for my flight to board. It's like, mm. it's stupid. And then I'm in the middle seat. I knock out. I just, I knock out. Mm. So you did flight. catch, you did I make caught, your flight. I the flight. Hey, knocked out. Thank you. It's a real one. So let me tell you, I had the best nap on that two and a half hour flight. Best sleep of my life. Best sleep, gotcha. When we landed, Ooh. I opened my eyes. My head was hurting. And let me tell you, <laughs> I'd been sleeping like this with my head down. <laughs> and I had like drooled all over my shirt. Oh, no. And I was like, this must have been two hours worth of drool. And the people and people just watch you drool <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> That's the people up. to my right and left probably were like this disgusting girl, and I just lifted my sh like shook my head up. I was like, my head hurts. Like thankfully we landed. It felt like it felt like mm. that. It felt so like Thank the flight felt so quick. Thank you for sharing that very pivotal but moment with me. I feel like that's when I was like, I will never, if I have an early flight, mm -hmm. like I'm never going to go out. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth it to embarrass myself in the middle seat of an airline, mm -hmm. drooling at 22, 23 years old. It's definitely not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. I feel like um, that's interesting because I never had no story <laughs> like that at all. My worst days, you know, I'm not really a big... Uh, you don't really participate like nah, that. Nah, that's not my thing. Um, only because I recognize that it can be very challenging with um, just being, just overindulging when you shouldn't and being in spaces where you need to be very alert. 
That is not my jam. I don't like not being alert in spaces where I really should be alert. You know what I'm saying? Um, do I have a story? Anything similar to that? No. I think the best story I have, Caitlin's wedding. I mean, that was fun. That was that was great fun. And even then, we called an Uber. So that's what I was going to actually touch on. I think also part of being responsible mm-hmm. is knowing that you shouldn't really be behind the wheel of any vehicle mm-hmm. if you've had even two drinks. And I think the reason most people do it and don't realize how intoxicated they are mm-hmm. is that everyone thinks two, three drinks, you're good to go. Yeah. Legally, you're not. And it takes one minor incident oh, it takes for you to one be minor one incident. minor incident. I almost feel like that should be a given you want to especially in a city like dc yeah. we have uber we have the metro we have public transportation yeah we have three different rideshare apps if we wanted you could scoot what if you that, wanted what was that other one outside the lift and uber that I you remember, used to be on i never used to be on it like that you i never used to, to like no it used to be uber lyft the other one was like if you really were in a pitch but i was never on it like that no it, what was it called i know what you're talking about i can't remember via it was something because remember i was about to fight that dude and he was like, come on. That was an Uber or Lyft. I know. Which What was it called? That was either an Uber or Lyft. No, it wasn't. You were doing, it was this different ride sharing app. Then it was Via. That's what it was called? I think it was called Via. It wasn't called Via. It was oh, called something. How are you going to ask me what it was and I'm telling you what it was? Because it doesn't sound familiar. Okay, well, whatever it, it was. was. It had a blue logo, didn't it? Yeah, Via. See how do I, it is Via? I think so. I'm going to just keep saying exactly. like it's You're Via. Because... keep saying it like it is. <laughs> V- well, yeah, yeah, via rideshare DC. I just googled it. Let me see. This is uh, no, no. Is that it? Is the question? It is, and it stops. Um, let this, me see the logo. Let me. Oh my gosh. Okay, that kind of looks. Amazing. There we. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me see the logo. I'm like, oh my god, let me get it to you, Jeez Louise. Um. Anyways, but look. we used to be active. Yeah, well, we used to be used active. To be- we stop saying you. You Hold used on. to be active too. You used to be active too. But anyways, the point that I was getting to is that clearly you used to be active. We used to be Whoa, active. Oh, don't say we. I think you were more active than you portray, and Whoa, I don't know if what? it's part of this. Sean is a good man, kind of narrative, but. You were outside too. I mean, is this not your city? Is this not your? Aren't you our native? Are you not entertained? I mean, isn't this isn't this your city? It is, but I wasn't active. I think you think active is a fact that I would go to bars and clubs, but don't act like you never went. You would go. I went outside. You you just weren't going as much as I was. Yeah, yeah, I went outside. (laughs) I mean, summers used to be fun. Summers did used to be fun. This summer, I was gonna say. I mean, this summer. (laughs) has been a very oh my god summers as an adult are very different than summers as a young kid and then when the summer starts becoming this crazy active summer with supreme court rulings that actually affect your adult life you're like what yeah yeah, yeah, nah for sure it's it's very frustrating and um let's start with the first shocker clarence thomas affirmative action is dead i mean (sighs) Listen, this is how I feel. One, the fact that they had 
the fact that they won this case because I believe his name is Edward Bloom, Blum, B-L-U-M, the, the attorney for the young gentleman, the Asian gentleman who uh, took his case to the Supreme Court and completely overturned the affirmative action. It To me, it sucks and it's sad to see at the same time realistically I mean you tackle that on t- oh you tack that on top of the fact that Biden's uh, loan relief program is, is no longer a thing the kid's not going to college well let's just start with the affirmative action piece let's start with affirmative action I do think that if affirmative action is essentially the idea that you would I don't want to say favor because it sounds like you're putting one over another in a like disadvantage. Well, I think in in an unfair way. Let me just say that. But it's essentially, you know, ensuring that there's equal opportunities Mm -hmm. for applicants, for employees, for people who are trying to get into certain schools. And you know, there's a lot of factors to consider. One may be somebody's demographic, Mm -hmm. like what demographic background they have. Consider that. Consider that. Consider that when you when they're applying for jobs, when they're applying to get into schools. Right. And the Supreme Court ruling is essentially saying when it comes to race, if you use race race as a factor to determine if this person should be allowed in your school, mm-hmm. uh, you can't do that anymore. Which is cruel. I'm going to let you talk. And then I'm going to put my... What I think is interesting is the case came on. I mean, the, pr- the premise of this Supreme Court case mm-hmm. was that there were Asian students who did not get into Harvard. And their argument was that Harvard has an affirmative action admissions process right. that favors black and brown children mm-hmm. or students, applicants, uh, based, just strictly based on their race mm-hmm. over other persons of color or other individuals mm-hmm. uh, who have better grades than them. So mm-hmm. essentially, if I'm a black or brown individual, Harvard's going to look at that alone and say I deserve a spot. In Harvard, over this Asian student who studied and has twenty four hundred on all his SATs and has a hundred on every test. Twenty six on the ACT. Whatever that is, I don't think I ever took the ACT. But um, essentially, that's the premise of the of the Supreme Court case. Mm. And this, the court essentially said, yeah, you know, like race really shouldn't be a factor when you consider applicants, and it should mm-hmm. be based on other factors, and that shouldn't be, you know, like a sole deciding determination for when somebody gets into a school. Right. I just thought it was really interesting, though, because statistically, even if you were to look at the number of black and brown mm-hmm. um, students who are admitted into Harvard, mm-hmm. it's not that many. There's not that many black and brown students at Harvard. There aren't that many. And also, statistically speaking, they're probably not taking every Asian student spot. Yeah. my To me, the thing is, um, boy, there's so many different ways to go here. You speak from the heart. Well, as a black man, I don't know if I can always do that. This is a safe space. Is it? Well, this, yes, is a safe space, but <laughs> I hope so. the, the broadcast, come on now. Any any black man listening knows. And they say it's a safe space, and the next thing you know, you're doing 20 to the life. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, but realistically, I don't. I think it is a sign of the times. I think it's a sign of the times. The fact that you have another cultural identity uh, or other cultural identities who are 
claiming that they take issue they take issue with affirmative action with students of other races of other cultures other identities being allowed to utilize their race and their background as a factor for being put into a school and saying that hey you shouldn't consider those factors because i excel at the standardized test that you give us i excel at the you know when it comes to all of the tangible factors that make me a asset to your school and to me the original purpose of colleges and universities was to bring the best minds from the the best institutions or from the best parts of the world together to converse on ideas discuss and have debates and ultimately improve social progress right but if there are never any if there is a a smaller number of of african-american students or hispanic students or any student then how can you have the best college the best university how do you know what other cultures are, are going through how can you properly assess the challenges that uh, or the benefits that you can pick up from and learn from other other places and the fact that affirmative action has been overturned i mean let's be honest the amount of black students going to college has only increased the past what decade the past two decades black women are the most um, black women as a demographic are the highest earning uh demographic when it comes to bachelor's degrees um, I'm not sure about masters or other graduate programs but for sure bachelors so what does that say and it seems like there's this competition all oh, this and it shouldn't be I mean granted getting into Harvard or any other major college or pro uh, university can be very competitive but to say that race or cult really would it to me no one would say culture shouldn't play a factor um and so much of our culture is predicated upon the color of our skin especially in this country maybe not in other countries if we were in africa or if we were in asia or if we were in europe i don't know the rules i don't know the history there so i couldn't really speak to that but here Race has everything to do with our culture. So you just mentioned culture. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because right after the Supreme Court ruling that struck down affirmative action, there was a lawyer who was of Asian American descent, mm-hmm. uh, or who was of Asian descent, so he was an Asian American. Um, he was on CNN. Um, Asian. And he was, he was, yeah, it was an Asian lawyer, mm-hmm. lawyer of Asian descent. I mean, Asian American. I don't, I don't know where he was born, but I'm What's just the saying. right word? Yeah, so. Uh, respect, to American all, is, respect, to all par- respect to all parties. Yes, yeah, so he identifies. I mean, he, he is Asian American. So, anyways, uh, back to what I was trying to say. So, he was on CNN mm-hmm. and they asked him, what else should they consider besides race? And he said, culture. And I thought that was interesting because his justification was we should consider culture. Asians and Asian Americans have a culture of being very studious and doing all these extracurriculars and studying very hard. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's not culture. That's not culture. That's not. Why they do that is culture. If you think that that is 
your culture, your your demographics culture, your your culture per se, mm-hmm. that's fine, but that's not really what culture means. Mm. And if you want us to consider culture, race does play a factor in a lot of people's culture. Right. So it's almost like a backhand, like this is almost like a backdoor way for a lot of these universities, in my opinion, to get around this whole like race shouldn't be considered. Right. And there have been some colleges that have said, hey, look, we're still going to look at race as a cultural factor. Yeah. Um, but, and that's just the, to me, that's just to appease the masses. I mean, realistically, are colleges and universities really the barometer to gain wealth in a country where people can create apps and build startup businesses from their mom's basement or from the attic and completely revolutionize the world or take over things and and uh, create a living for themselves? I, to me, if you ask me, Generation Z, all this is all of this is going. All this is going to do is emphasize to Gen Z just get it how you can I don't think that you'll see you'll still see people going to college and, and everything in universities but realistically more people will just say eh, I'll just you know become a TikTok celebrity or I'll just but not everyone can be a successful TikTok. not everyone can be a successful TikTok or social media personality but more people will be encouraged to do it and if there are already barriers in their way I mean let's be realistic like Generation Z yeah not everybody can be a famous social media personality and and earn a living from that but a lot more people are doing that and ultimately it's developing a brand and selling your brand which if you are if you're savvy enough to create a brand and sell your brand and make money from it that's a marketing degree that's communications that is a number of other skill sets uh probably i mean shoot even in us making this podcast and constantly recording we've had to learn how to do things that so i'm sure some folks who earn their degrees have to learn how to do so it just it to me it just means more people will find other avenues to uh, become successful. I also think the other Supreme Court ruling that we can't get twenty thousand dollars of our student loan debt forgiven is just bonkers. Like I don't even use that word bonkers, but it just sounds pretty fitting. That's bonkers, Mike. It's just very weird and just odd. And why are people so bothered that? Okay, I understand the argument that the. Okay. I can understand one side, the argument says, mm-hmm. the, ar- the one side of the argument is that the president doesn't have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. So they're not focused on whether it should be done, but whether that he has the power. Mm-hmm. The, he or she, we, right now we have a he president, would have the power, the president would have the power to do it. Right. But I also feel like we live in a country when people see other people having good things done for them, they feel like they shouldn't, oh, that didn't happen to me, I didn't get any forgiveness, so you shouldn't either. And Very it's almost like, why are you so mad? Why are you mad, bro? Yeah, why are you mad? I mean, honestly, if I paid all my student loans... $20,000 is a drop in a bucket. First of all, $20,000 ain't gonna do nothing to these law school loans. Okay? Thank you, I'll take that twenty. But is it really making a dent? It's not making Is it. that gonna free up my life to just do yeah. everything? But a lot of black... Uh, borrowers have less than twenty thousand dollars left to pay off, mm-hmm. and also a lot See, of now we're doing the real science. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing the real mathematics. And a lot of them did not. The, a lot of people who do hold on to twenty thousand or more in debt did not finish 
a traditional four-year college mm. so i just think you know when when yeah this country has a weird obsession with putting people down and holding people down i mean that's and how they built their wealth is by holding people yeah down, and this literally. is just one way that they're able to this do is just it a continu- it's a continuation of it it's, it's like it's, you get a gift oh here's a nice gift and someone's like ah, ah, can't take nah. it like they knock it out of your hand nah just bitter it's it's absolutely bitter and i feel like to be realistic i mean Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas. Oh what, we, I just, there's no more words for Clarence Thomas. There's just no more words. We we all know who he is. I, a part of it is why do we even get mad anymore? We just know what it is. With we he gives us exactly what we should expect. I think yeah. it's sometimes shocking. You you think maybe he mm-hmm. might show a little bit of, you know, he might shock you. No, he shows us every time who he is. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't see, and it's really sad to say, but I don't see how a black man becomes a lawyer. Through affirmative action. Through affirmative action, <laughs> mind you, becomes one of the top lawyers in the country. Joins the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. Second black man to ever be on that. Second court. black man to second black person. If oh I'm yeah, that's mistaken. right. Because really, there was just one black person, in black person before him. It's ultimate. It's that's essentially that. That's yeah, like that. He basically closed the door behind him and said, "Fuck niggas." I also think now that we have a black woman on that court, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's not the sole voice for black and brown folks because he never was. The no, sole no, no. Voice. But what I'm he saying never is, talked. no. But what I'm saying is, you can get away with with you being the black voice on the court whichever way you're you're moving Mm. a lot of the rest of the world can or not world but the rest of the country can look at that and be like well there is a black person on this court and they feel this way about this situation so Mm -hmm. there must be some black support to it but then now he has kind of somebody else who can challenge those like black what people assume is just a general black understanding this unfortunately is one of those situations where the people say oh your skin folk and your can folk I think Ooh, I have something okay but I'll let you finish I actually don't like when I see that phrase on t-shirts but I want you to continue okay. and then yeah, I'll tell you all your, all your skin folk and your kin folk and I think I because I, I feel you I don't like that I feel like we should all be one happy family kumbaya but let's be honest we sold ourselves we sold our brothers and sisters in the slavery like let's call it a, let's call a spade a spade so i also don't like that narrative because there's true. context to it there there's is context, context to it. it we had no clue we had no idea what we were doing we had no idea that that slavery would take this form and this shape and what if if there were other africans selling africans it wasn't to come and be dehumanized no was, clue again it was something they did amongst themselves it was too. something they did amongst themselves During too war. but the level the depravity yeah that's that definitely not to, yeah that that took place in that which lets you know sometimes even your slightest even the mistake that you are most comfortable and most in understanding of can be turned into something really dep- uh inhumane um can i just say why so, i don't like seeing that slogan all skin folk and kin folk on t-shirts ain't your kin folk on t-shirts i almost feel like that's an internal conversation that we don't need to be telling everybody else like we should be telling each other internally in this black space person of color space Mm -hmm. we should talk about it amongst ourselves 
Okay, black. Uh, we should be talking about it amongst ourselves. Not so much, you know, telling everybody else that's what we... It's almost like this is an this is a personal matter that we should deal with internally and I not feel, publicize that we're calling each other out. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. But... I don't think we live in a world where we can keep... It's... Let's be real. I don't think I would ever knock down another black person in front of a non-black person. Oh, no. But I mean, But I might call them out privately on it. Yeah, what? I'm, I mean... I love Carnage Thomas. <laughs> That's my nigga. <laughs> Not me, you know. No, but I just, I just, I don't because I, I agree with you. It's not something that we should, we shouldn't, we should hold court private. Exactly. I agree with that. We should hold court, but holding court privately and admonishing our own publicly are two different things. I will say this just about Clarence Thomas. We want him in the fray. He does not want to be around us. He 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 doesn't want to be with us. I don't like that in no way. I'm just saying. When he was walking I, around GW, I, man. Oh, I said hi to him. We had a little conversation. You what? I, I, I had a conversation with Clarence Thomas. Mm. This was in law school, yeah. Oh, yeah. He came to my class, class my law literature oh, he class. Came to, he came with what? He, what was, he was a guest speaker for one of the one of my, Two my no, 3L, oh. law and literature class. Uh, where we're reading books that had some legal, you know, elements to it or legal thoughts. Yeah. The, but can I just say this? Sure. He, we spoke, and I was like, "Oh, he's really nice." I actually thought he'd be like a grumpy man that like grunted all over the place and like gave me dirty looks as like one of the two black people in that class. I was waiting for it, and then he, the only thing he wanted to ask me was like, "Oh, Baylor University? Oh, you must had a great football program back then." And I was like, "Yeah, like three years ago." Yeah. See, to me, I think that. There are certain black people who give it now. Now here's the other piece to this that black people to, gotta accept. This is one of those conversations that sometimes we reject our own Fair. for reasons that we shouldn't, or reasons that should be better understood, or take more time, or be more patient. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people get rejected because it's it's just a lot of beef in our community. And um, that beef is somewhat fabric. A lot of it is fabricated by just living in America, and then some of it isn't fabricated. But you know what beef isn't fabricated? What beef is very real? Uh oh. This beef between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Wait, is this beef for real? <laughs> I know we got threats listen, versus Twitter. Listen, I said threats. Well, threads versus nah, Twitter. That beef. Listen. It's real. Okay, so this is actually something that they're both really taking What's shots beef? at each other. Beef is when you need two cats to go to sleep. Okay. Beef is when your mom may safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be a I see you. Uh, okay. song. Anyways, no, they got real beef. Well, tell My, us about this beef. The real beef. So, it basically started in June. Because there was an internal meta meeting, meta, aka Facebook, uh, where um, the chief product officer, his name is Chris Cox, because we, you know, we we telling it, we giving it to you live and real, direct. Um, basically, said Twitter's competitor Threads would be sanely run in a clear jab to to Elon Musk. Because obviously Elon Musk took over Twitter and people are like, yo, what are you doing? This stuff looks crazy. Elon Musk is running his organization truly like a white man trying to save money and deciding that, you know, hey, look, I know I said 540 characters. Now 
it's 420 and if you are over 420 I want 10 cents and he's just trying to save money but what made Twitter Twitter is black people like let's be honest there were moments that were hot that makes Twitter what makes Twitter Twitter is the engagement and the better the quicker faster easier you can engage the better the app is Twitter has not been the same because other apps are just getting more engagement TikTok Instagram oh TikTok 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 is is a whole nother beast I mean because you know the Asians they figured out hey look we'll keep our doyen we'll give you all TikTok doyen is their version of TikTok which is much more civilized humane better humane it's just you know you see pretty flowery uh, poems and they do a lot of academic stuff on there too well not just academic but just stuff for the human spirit good wholesome nice good wholesome content the Asian one thing I realized about the Asian culture as a fan of anime as a fan of people I, I mean you laugh but no I'm not laughing do you look like about the no not at all um, as a fan of anime like I was saying as a fan of um, just different aspects of Asian culture. They're very, very serious about dynasty. They're very, very serious about legacy. And so, of course, in their app, they're going to portray that. And they're not going to allow people to just make nonsense TikToks about stuff that is not productive to society, especially in a uh, communist society like China. Now, this beef between Elon Musk well, then after all of that because you know they're saying that Twitter some of the, the Twitter employees when Elon Musk first joined they ran or they left and they, they went he to he chased them out though let's be real he was fired yeah yeah he chased because right. again Elon Musk is the epitome of a white man he's believe. a cheapo yeah yeah well I don't know I guess he is the epitome of a white man who comes in decide I literally he walked in with the kitchen sink like I'm throwing everything out once he bought it I think except- he just wanted to be the owner of something that was so big you know he well, like yeah, built, he not owner. saying but he like built up Tesla and it's like almost an ego thing I want something else yeah yeah I mean that's that's what you do when you have money like you decide I never know yeah you decide you want to why'd you say either? Because I don't want to know what that feeling is. I like. said, like, oh, I thought you said yeah to me because I said I would never know. And you said, yeah, right after that. Oh, no, 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 no. I said, wait you know, a I minute wanna, now. I want to shower you with all of the money Bless- and blessings in life. But see, our way of life, what is considered blessings for us, is not. to them, it's money, it's power, it's all of those other it's things. It's about drive. It's right, about right, power. Right. <laughs> Anyways. That's a but yeah, I know. That was the... <laughs> Um, Shout out to Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> when so then, um, a Twitter user apparently told Musk, "Hey, Mark Zuckerberg doing jujitsu," and I just seen a picture of him with the style bender Israel Adesanya. That joint was real. Okay. Um, he was up for a cage match. Um, Musk basically said, "Yo, I'm up. I'm down to do a cage match, but I don't know if Musk really want that smoke because probably doesn't." Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg like he taking it for real, but. I do want to take this time while we're talking about the whites, white on white crime, um, that Spill, this amazing app started by Twitter employees. Uh, let me get their names right because we want to shout out these brothers Alfonso Terrell and Devaris Brown. If that's not two of the blackest names I ever heard in my life, 
Alfonso, Terrell, and Devers Brown. They start a spill. Fonz. What? Alfonso Fonz. Oh, Fonz. Yeah, his name is Fonz. Nickname is Fonz. Um, but they were former Twitter employees. They started spill. It's a dope social media app. If you need an invite, because it's invite only, because we can't let everybody come to the cookout. Um, if you need an invite, hit me up. I'm on spill. Um, I support black people. Wait, what's the purpose of having an invite only? A lot of people are just not going to want to participate if it's only invite only. That's not true. That's not true because sometimes invite only is like, ooh. Yeah, but when everybody getting an invite, well, you can send out invite only out to get in. Wait, you can you if you're in, you can send out a thousand invites if you wanted. No. Oh, limits. I have a limited number. How many invites? Because you sent me one, I never signed up. Exactly. Um, I think we get like six. Ah, I need to open his, it up. But here's but the thing. On. Here's the thing. Would if they want to make real would money. Would you rather? Would you rather? Because they started the app as a means to protect people and as a means to um to be more inclusive and diverse, but also protect their users. And Wait, Twitter. inclusive and diverse, but protect your users? How so? Protect their users. Like I mean, for people to. To not allow um, one to not allow content on the app that is uh, dangerous or destructive, or that uh, if you are engaging in any type of fishing, if you're engaging in any type of activity that might out a person in terms of where they live, who they are, um, in terms of disrespect on the app. How do they ensure that? Well, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, if like that's the purpose, like this is a place for us to but feel safe. I, what I will and, say, and these are the guidelines. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you enforce that? What I will say is that there is no. They have not built a space for DMs. So you, mostly everything you share is public on your thread or on your space. Now, while Instagram or Mark Zuckerberg decided that, hey, we're just gonna get all of these users and when you sign up which is what you know a lot of these ceos do who don't care about you as a human being they care about you as um as a a bank account for data they look at you as a product they say hey we're going to make you if you sign up we're going to attach your threads account to your instagram account so if you delete your threads then you no longer have an instagram account and so obviously that means 100 million users in a day because people just naturally curious want to go to it. Oh, now I have a Threads account. Wait, now I can't delete my Threads account? That sounds like entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. Whereas you have someone who says, hey, if you get invited, like I've been on Spill. Spill is nothing but people celebrating how black the space is. Like, wow, look at how black this is. It really feels like just because of how it looks and the setup, it feels like it feels like a mix between Black Planet and like Twitter in 2014, 2015. Like way, way back. When Black Twitter was really like, you can say certain things, you can do certain things, post funny content, post memes, um, post videos, and it's it's I like it. I, I enjoy it. I actually I'll say this about Twitter. And I applaud two black men leaving the system leaving twitter leaving big tech and doing their own thing okay i will say that 
Twitter. I mean, I'm still on Twitter. I actually stopped tweeting my thoughts because I was like, I mean, I can just say them out loud to myself. It's kind of the same thing. But I, okay. but I will, say, but I will say I do enjoy Twitter. I mean, I I look at Twitter as a fun place to be, and I think people take social media very seriously. You know what used to make me laugh when I used to be on Facebook is when people would argue in the comments back and forth towards each other. I used to think, why are you doing this? This is like social media. Y'all see each other all the time. You're not gonna argue in per in person, and I feel like. People take stuff too seriously. I, so so I, let me just say right. this: I I think that Twitter, to me, is still a fun place. But I've also I have no problem muting accounts I don't want to see. Right, I have no right. problem blocking accounts I don't want to interact with. Right. It's like this is my little safe, funny bubble. Right. And right. I think for some people it's become toxic because it's, of all it's of the very toxic crazy so, stuff that you can post on there and things that are happening. Yeah, it's definitely toxic. I actually. Got off of Twitter in 2017. Really? I mean, not Twitter. I'm sorry. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because this guy from high school, and if if he ever listens, I don't even remember his name. So he call him out. No, I don't even remember his name. But literally, because he wasn't that important. It was this. It was this dude who never talked to me. Literally, never said a word to me. I think I posted something that wasn't really political. It was more so a stance on something. And he said, well, you have to look at things. And I don't, I just, and I'm like, yo, like you never, I literally, I remember typing in, cause I wasn't about to have a debate with this man. <laughs> in the comments. In the comments. I was like, bro, you never, we went to school for four years. I posted this on my comment, in my comments. You never said a word to me in college. You spent four years around me. I was the class president my sophomore year. You literally never said a word to me for four years and now you want to comment on a post get a life yeah for sure get, a, get life. a life i actually will say i think the downfall for me was when everybody was trying to do the coney 2012 <laughs> do you remember the coney oh 2012 God. the whole movement i was so irritated because are we really gonna go and save these ugandan children that was no. the last movement that i was like are we really serious <laughs> no i hated that movement and i wrote a whole when facebook used to have this like blog section I was like, y'all not, are not about to go to Uganda and save these little children that nobody has found in the last, you know, two, three, four, five years. And you're saying, you know, find Joseph Coney, Coney 2012, and you post it all over your Facebook. Are you going to go? Are you going to go? Nope. Exactly. So just sit back and donate your money to that man who stole all of it and got arrested for fraud. But anyways, that's when I was like, Facebook is just as bad as MySpace. It's just as stupid as all these other previous See, I actually think there. MySpace was really good. MySpace was fun because children were there. You know, you know, you know when you're a kid, it's all kids doing kid stuff. But it was good because it, it forced us to learn how to code. In oh, ways. okay, yeah. I was doing a lot. Yeah, I was. Are you kidding me? I had my top five or top eight or whatever it was, top and five. I would consistently code and have like pink and like all this glitter on it. I, have a I top had a eight. great following on MySpace. I had a top eight. Let me see. It's oh five oh six. So what's playing? Probably Lupe Fiasco, Kick Push. Okay. Beyonce was clearly playing on mine. I had words falling. Oh my god, me too. Right. Then I had this picture of Will Smith, the first prince, when he's like, "Of course, of course, you had that." With of the hat. Of course, you had like, that. When he making the hand, hands up, this is when Will Smith was really that dude. West Philadelphia, born and raised. I hope Will Smith. I wonder if they would ever have a DC version of, of Bel Air. 
But let's say somebody got one little fight. It is a belly and male. Well, hold on. If somebody got one little fight and their mom got scared, where would they go from DC? North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> no, Waldorf. Waldorf. <laughs> Their mom would send them all the way to Waldorf. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Waldorf. Well, we can talk about that. The later. second black, the one of the best black uh, concentrated areas of wealth in the country. So uh, we joke on Waldorf. Okay, you better wrap your set. Whoa, it ain't my set. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not my set. Um, Does but Waldorf I, have like a song? I don't know. Like, you know, like, did, like, there used to be, I mean, I wasn't from Oak Cliff, Dallas, but Oak Cliff used to have a song. Oak Cliff, Maybe it, that's my hood. Put it in his face, get that shit understood. If you from Oak Cliff, please. Yeah, y'all, please, please don't listen to me. If you really are from Oak Cliff and y'all hear this, my Dallas folks, don't and, judge and back me. her up, because. Frisco never had a song. It was Frisco the whole name. <laughs> yes, Frisco is the day. Also, Frisco started being developed in 2010. Frisco so really, there, like is, there was be, no thing. Frisco sounds like it should be, I guess, a nickname was a short, shortened yeah. version. Um, well, some people call San Francisco Frisco. Right, but that's why I'm thinking. No. What does Waldorf mean? I feel like all the names in Maryland. Okay, we're going off on a tangent here, but Super all the names. Name. I mean, but all of the names in Maryland are all like old ass English like names and they just have like no creativity and they're like, I don't know, call it this. Yeah. Call it Prince George's County. You know? Well, like, I mean that's very old English. That's old, what I'm saying. White. UK. Yeah, I mean we're on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, Maryland was was Maryland a colony? Maryland was a colony. You don't know you about the colony. Is that we can just be born in America? American citizens and people have to well people Bro, you trying to take, call me out now like <laughs> no 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 no, no. this is anti-immigrant like, stance though. like people can take t- people have to take tests let me tell you what we had to do we oh had <laughs> when we came to America bye, we, bye, bye, we all had to cram on this one pickup to take us from the countryside mm-hmm. all the way to Nairobi mm. And then they didn't have any pilots to take us out of Nairobi. So we had to get on the plane and each one of us had to take turns navigating the plane yeah. out of the country. You're lying. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> I have a question. And then when we arrived here, we instantly knew English. It was like that. It's like the moment you touch. I don't think I have that. Did you? Oh, ask it. I want you to ask it, Sean. I want you to ask it. I want you to ask it. Say it. Say it. I want you to say it. This is coming from a place of curiosity. No, I know where this is going because you almost stopped yourself, but the whole sentence came out, so now you got to ask it. No, you got to lean into the microphone and ask Uh this question because you... This is an important question to ask. Wait, I saw it in your eyes. What's the question? No, you were like... Did you? And you? <laughs> it's like I, I shouldn't have said that shit. Go ahead and ask it. It's the whiskey. Um, um, how well did you know English <laughs> when you first came? You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> I'm curious. Oh my lord! Let me tell you something. I grew up mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody else. Um. With, like speaking my native language which is Swahili mm-hmm. and then English is also pretty commonly spoken in Kenya so I didn't know English when I came here you did. but I, I did yes. D-I-D for a fact I knew English 
did I, not, I, mommy, I, did you I know will, slang? No, like, no, no, because slang is very relative to where you live. Same thing true. you wouldn't know about Midwestern slang. You only know Maryland. I mean, I know they say phoneme in, in Chicago. Yeah, because media has let you, the yeah, media yeah, has shown yeah, that yeah, to yeah. you. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Okay, in Kenya, you have Swahili as the national language right, right. and English as the official language. So they're both printed so on the all the official documents. They really were. The British, the, the sun never set on the British Empire. They had, uh, that little tiny island managed to conquer a lot of people. Poor Kenya. I have Kenya, a poor a lot of places. Oh God, we don't have that much time. Child. Where okay. are we going? Where are we going with this? Ask one more because actually that when was funny. When did you realize, this is my question, because I thought about this today and I wanted to ask you, when did you realize we were going to be good friends? And I mean like good, always in my life, always there for me, friends. Well, look, I met you, I thought you were a nice person, and I was just ready to figure out, okay, where is he going to be a good friend to me or just a casual friend? And we would hang out and spend time with each other, and we had both kind of a normal sense of humor, like, same sense of humor. I just feel like once I spent a lot of time with you, I just kind of knew you were my friend. I, it, that's a boring answer, but that's just kind of what it was. That is kind of boring. Wow. Yeah, maybe we can talk about this in another episode. Another episode, we're going to get into the friendship conversation because I think that's that's an important combo to have. Um, we've been all over the place, y'all. Forgive us. It's the middle of the summer. It's a, it's somebody was drinking whiskey and just you know. Whoa! Don't don't. This, you already said this because you blamed it on the alcohol in your past life. Don't blame me <laughs> in my stupor. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? But anyways, okay. Listen, we'll get to it another time. All right, y'all. I know. We appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you. I'm Sean. I'm Diana. It's the Media Room. Peace. Peace.